2 Samuel chapter 9, starting with verse 6. And Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, son of Saul, came to David and fell on his face and paid homage. And David said, Mephibosheth? And he answered, Behold, I am your servant. And David said to him, Do not fear, for I will show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan. And I will restore to you all the land of Saul, your father, and you shall eat at my table always. And he paid homage and said, What is your servant that you should show regard for a dead dog such as I? Then the king said and called Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, All that belong to Saul and to all his house I have given to your master's grandson. And you and your sons and your servants shall till the land for him and shall bring in the produce that your master's grandson may have bread to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, shall always eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, According to all that my lord the king commands his servant, so will your servant do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. And Mephibosheth and had a young son as well, and his name was Micah. And all who lived in Ziba's house became Mephibosheth's servants. So Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem, for he ate always at the king's table. Now he was lame in both feet. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Father, for joy that happens through redemption. Thank you, God, that today, as your body, as your church, that, Lord, we have experienced the joy of being redeemed in the blood of Christ. And I ask today, Father, as we remember what this season is about, as we remember what Christmas truly stands for, that, God, we will look to you, the author and finisher of our faith, and that, Lord, our joy will be found in you and in you alone. In your most holy name, amen. As you guys are kind of looking and thinking about this story, we've been looking at this life of David, and as soon as David gets everything right, everything seems to fall in line. I think probably in most of us, when we face Christmas season, we kind of think this year we're going to do things differently, right? We're going to buy our presents early. We're going to get a lot of rest. <laughs> we're not going to overplan ourselves. We're not going to push ourselves too much. But I think every year we all find ourselves in the same boat. We're tired. We're out of time. And we're broke. That's a terrible way to celebrate the birth of Christ, if you think about it. It's a terrible way when, when you even read the story of Jesus and, and that, you know, it was peace on earth, wasn't there? You know, the shepherds, they, they, they go to the manger scene, and I, I know it's not biblical necessarily, but we all know what the nativity scene looks like, right? You got the shepherds, and, and you got the donkey, and, and you got all this stuff there, but you've also got the, king, uh, the kings from the east coming in, and, and Jesus is there in, in this, this bed made of hay and, and straw, and, and Mary and Joseph, and there's all these things, and there's, oh, there's angels in the sky, you can't forget the angels. We look at that scene and we think, peace. But a lot of times our life during this time of year is far from being peaceful. It may be even far from being hopeful. And more than likely, we may find ourselves in a position during Christmas in which we have no joy. 
And we may have good reason not to have joy this season. Maybe this year has not been so good for us. We've, we've had loss. We've had, had pain. We've had bad news come our way. And so joy is hard to come. But church, I want to remind you what the psalmist says is that joy comes in the morning. That there's hope in being a Christian. Amen? That this isn't it. That no matter how well Christmas morning treats you as an individual, understand today that, that that's not your only hope this Christmas season. That you, as a believer in Jesus Christ, you have this, this great, great power within you through the Holy Spirit, through the salvation of Jesus on the cross, by a loving and caring and redeeming God, you have this awesome ability to be joyful this season. Now you may say, well, Daniel, where does my joy come from? It should come from the Lord. Your joy should come from the Lord. Let me give you an example. How many of you guys ever drive through the lights at Honor Heights Park in Muskogee, Oklahoma? Anybody ever do that? We, we've got a tradition, and we pretty much do it every year. I think we've done it just about every year that uh, Johnny and I, we've been together. I think minus one year, and we went to Branson and saw lights up there. But, but that when you drive through those lights, there's a joy, right? There's a, and particularly this year, the lights were really, really good this year. They replaced a lot and added a lot. It's just really nice. But you can be driving through that park and have the joy of Christmas, whatever that means. You can have the joy of the holiday flowing through your veins. And then somebody pulls up behind you and their lights are still on. You ever been there? I see Lisa back there shaking her head. I just pull over and let them go around me. I'm like, you know what, I'm going to enjoy this season. But you see what I'm saying? If that is what joy is to us at, during Christmas, if, if joy is having the perfect light experience, you're gonna, it's going to fall apart at some point. If you want to know what uh, joy falling apart feels like, just go to the blow-up display this year. It's terrible. But guys, what I want you to understand is that joy doesn't come from these things in this world. Joy comes from knowing Jesus. And joy comes in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, everyone knows what the gospel is, right? I hope you do. But if you don't, I want to tell you, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the good news that Jesus Christ came, and through him we can have eternal life. That's the good news. As a Christian today, don't, don't feel like you need to, to kind of step back in your faith and not share it with people because you don't want to offend. No, the news that you have, the Bible tells us, on our tongue, the power of the gospel is good news to all people. Does everybody hear that? It's good news, and there's something that fundamentally happens in every believer when the gospel takes effect. Something changes us. It makes us different than, than how we used to be. And the work of the gospel does um, three things that I could think of this morning. And if you're taking notes, I want you just to kind of mark these and maybe think about them this week. But the work of the gospel brings, one, joy to the believer. The work of the gospel brings joy to the believer. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ today, something about the gospel just brings you joy. Amen? Helping others brings you joy. Worshiping Jesus brings you joy. Hearing his word brings you joy. Being involved in the work of Christ brings you joy. These are things that you experience. And it's not because our church is good or the church down the street or whatever is good. Here's the reason. It's because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's good. It brings you joy. I don't ever get up here and preach to you guys and just say, well, today it just wasn't as joyful. I'm just not as happy today to preach the gospel. It's, it's always a good thing. It's always powerful. I, I, I've been asked to, you guys know that uh, through our association, I, I, I kind of work with our evangelism side of it and try, trying to implement good evangelism strategies for our association. 
and, and we've been doing some good work and trying to get out with the churches. Well, I've been asked to, to preach a revival at a church, and I'm excited about it. You know, and I could be like, man, that's like right in the middle of basketball season. But instead, I, I said, absolutely, I'll do this because here's the thing. There's joy in preaching the gospel. There's joy in putting the gospel out there. And church, we need to be adamant about that this season. That your joy doesn't come from the trees and the candy, but the joy of the Lord is, is what we need in our lives. And the work of the gospel brings joy to the believer. If you're a believer today, here's, here's what I want you to hear. You should be joyful because of what Christ has done for you. This should be a joyful season, no matter what you've went through. And guys, I've seen it time and time, time again. Where, where people go through terrible times in their life, but as a believer in Jesus Christ, they still have joy. That it doesn't matter what they go through in this life, that joy is still something that is in their life. And, and I love that. You, you can go to someone who's just lost someone, or maybe, maybe they found out terrible news concerning their health, and there's still joy in their life. Like that never leaves. That shouldn't be something new to us, but maybe we need to be reminded today of what true joy is. That the joy of Christ will get you through anything. When I was a kid, we used to sing this song, and it says, The joy of the Lord is my strength. Of course, it had some silly lyrics, you know, If you've got joy, you must jump for it, or clap for it, or sing for it, or shout for it. Guys, we have joy in the Lord today, and the gospel of Jesus Christ brings joy to the believer. Amen. That's where we're at. As a believer in Jesus Christ, it's the gospel that propels you, that advances you into the world. And so you have joy during this time of year. The second thing I want us to look at this morning is the work of the gospel brings joy to those who hear it. I'm going to say it again. The gospel brings joy to those who hear it. You go to the story of the, the shepherds, right? And there was great joy once they figured out what was being told to them. Once they got over the fact that there was a multitude of angels in the heavens singing praises to God, once they got over that, then they said, you know what, there's great joy in this, let's go to Bethlehem. There was great joy in the, in the three kings as they came to, to see this Savior who had been spoken of. There was great joy in Mary and Joseph. There was great joy, I suppose, even with the donkey and the sheep that was in the manger. I don't know if we actually know if there were donkeys and sheeps in the manger, but there might have been. But the thing is, is that joy comes from hearing the gospel, not just for you, but for those that hear it. And believer today, I, I got to tell you, you need to be telling people about Jesus. You need to be spreading the gospel. As an evangelist, that's what we all are. But as an evangelist, and I, and I, I kind of label myself as an evangelist, and I think all believers honestly should, we need to be telling the gospel to everyone that we meet. Telling the gospel to everyone that we meet. And don't be ashamed of it, because guess what? It is good news that can bring them great joy. It is good news that can bring them joy that they've never experienced before. The people in your life that don't know Jesus, that don't have joy in their life, tell them about Jesus. Can you do that? It's very simple. It's very simple. And no doubt, this day and age, it seems to be easier and easier to share the gospel. But I think the church, by and large, is sharing the gospel less than we have ever. That's a shame. And so we know that the work of the gospel, it brings joy to the believer. It brings joy to those who hear. Now here's the final point, I think probably the most important. 
probably the most, the most important, and we failed to get this because, you know, the angels were doing it not for the glory of Mary and Joseph and, and, the, and the, the shepherds and the, the wise men. They weren't singing praises to them. Who were they singing praises to? To God. Glory to God in the highest, right? We're going to read that in a moment. But the work of the gospel, it brings joy to the Lord. Man, as, as a believer in Jesus Christ, I want to make God happy. I want to lift him up. I want to praise him. That when we're singing songs of worship, that we're not sitting there critiquing whether we like the sound or the wording, but it's the, it's the desire in our heart that we want God to be lifted up today. And we can, we can find ourselves in those boats really easy where we're just picking apart everything instead of just worshiping God. And I believe this. As a believer in Jesus, it doesn't matter if, if we're, and, and we mix it up here at our church. You guys know that. We sing Southern Gospel. We sing old hymns. We sing praise, modern praise and worship, right? We, we, we haven't seen any, um, any modern rock up here, I don't suppose. But, you know, maybe that may be one day. But the thing is, as long as it's bringing glory to God, that's important. As long as that's something that we're doing. As long as it's not a Nickelback song, I think it brings glory to God, right? You guys hearing me? Did I offend Nickelback fans this morning? Okay, Florida, Georgia Lion, whatever you want to criticize this morning, okay? But the thing is, is that joy comes from Jesus. It doesn't come from the things of this world. And when we are working the gospel of Jesus Christ, when we're pushing the gospel of Jesus Christ out into the world, it brings joy to us, it brings joy to those that hear it. And guys, it brings joy to God, and we need to be a people that understand that worship of God is important. The angels do it night and day, this, the Revelation teaches us, that they worship God night and day. And I think as a believer in Jesus Christ, why should we not worship God night and day? We should worship Him at all times. We should worship Him at all times, no matter what you're going through in life. I think a very, kind of a silly uh, example, but when I was running the marathon, when you hit mile 21, 22, 23, you were praising God during that time because you need His strength. The bananas aren't cutting it, you know, the the amino acids that, or whatever, all that stuff's not helping at this point. You need something else. And I, and I think in life sometimes we feel like we're, we're trying to find peace. And maybe it's, in a, maybe, it's in a, maybe it's in alcohol, maybe it's in drugs, maybe it's in, you know, peers, people that we know, people praising us, people liking our posts or whatever. If that's where you're finding your joy, it's not going to last. But when you're praising God, there is joy in that. Does everybody hear that? When you're praising God, there's joy in that. And your power to praise God, your ability to praise God, comes directly from the power of the gospel in your life. And it brings you joy. It brings the people around you joy. And guys, it brings God joy. And that's what we need to be doing as a church. We need to be bringing joy to the ears of God. Flip over to Psalm 126. I, I love this because, I, 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 you know, David didn't write all the Psalms. We know that. But, but the mindset of, of all of the psalms that are written, Psalm 126 kind of just speaks of it. And I, I love the way that it just kind of tells us about who God is. And it's a good reminder for the church today of where our joy comes from. Psalm 126, and verse 1, it says, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. <laughs> you ever, has God ever blessed you so big it was just like you were living in a dream? You know? When Jaron came along, man, that, he wasn't the plan. You guys know that. We, we weren't seeking it out. We were just kind of doing our own thing. We just kicked one. We're about to kick one out of the house, you know. Things were about to get really good at the Henson house because we were kicking one out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
But things were about to get really good at our house, you know, because we were... <laughs> that look, that's the same look your mom gives me. <laughs> okay. But you know what I mean? We, that wasn't the plan to, to, to start over again. You know, I, before, while it, before it's all said and done, Joni and I will be parents for 36 years, you know, raising children 18 and under. 36 years, that's a long time. I can remember when I wasn't even alive for 36 years. But the thing is, is that when you're looking here, that, that, that when you are truly blessed by God, when he's done a redeeming process in your life, it's like you're in a dream. Church, don't forget the joy of your salvation. You should be happy in who Jesus is today, right? There should be great joy. It should be like, man, I'm just in a dream because guess what? I'm not going to hell. I'm, I'm living in God today. He's, he's given me everything that I need. Verse 2, he says, then our mouth was filled with laughter. I, I love when we get together as a church and we just laugh. But the joy is not in joke. The joy is not in, in whatever's going on around us. The joy is in the Lord. Our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of what? Of joy. Shouts of joy. I remember years ago we were leading worship at a church. And we sung this popular worship song called Shout to the Lord. You guys remember that song? I, love, I still love that song. It's really hard to sing, but I love it, right? We were singing Shout to the Lord. And after the service, I, I had a, a gentleman come up to me. And he said, uh, you know, it's really disrespectful to shout to God. And I was like, oh, really? It's disrespectful to shout to the Lord. And so I read, there's a couple of psalms that say shout to the Lord, right? And here are the people that have been redeemed who are living in a dream, whose, whose, whose mouths are filled with laughter, their tongues are shouting with joy. I know we're Baptists, but it's okay to shout for joy. It's okay to shout with joy to the Lord. Woo! It's okay to get a little bit excited about who God is and what he's done for us, amen? And you look at this, and Jesus, Jesus does that for the believer. He brings great joy. The Lord has done great things, he says there in verse 3. The Lord is great. He's done great things. We are glad. How many of y'all are glad for what God's done for you? Man, you know, I think about all the good stuff God's done. I was talking about Jaron just a little bit ago, you know, and how, what a blessing he's been to our life. It's different, right? It wasn't the plan, but man, that's something God did, and we're just rejoicing in that. That, that even in, in, in difficult situations, and, and understand, you know, we, uh, I don't know if you guys know, I think most of you know, but just about a month ago or so, I mean, we finalized adoption, so it's like a done deal, right? Praise God for that. But there's difficult situations in that, you know, with, with biological mom, and she's related to me, and there's all this kind of stuff, you know, that's going on, and lo lots of sadness in that. But even in all that, God has brought glory. God has brought glory in this situation, and there's great joy. There's great joy in that. It's not because Joni and I are excellent people or whatever. It's because God's good. We didn't plan this. The Lord is a God who redeems. And whenever God redeems, guys, catch this, joy is there as well. And when he's redeeming things. I, I heard from my brother this week, uh, you know, he's, he's getting some help that he needs. And he gave his life to the Lord and followed the Lord in baptism. And today he's getting that help. And, and, and uh, he got a hold of me this week. And he said, man, things are going great. I'm reading my Bible every day, like, like two or three times a day. He's, and he told me he'd read like five or six books of the Bible. And I thought, man, that's awesome. 
And he's like, well, what can I read next? And I'm like, any of them. But, and, I, and I directed him towards Proverbs because I thought, man, this is good for you. At this point, probably Proverbs is going to be good because they're a little, you know, short, like one line, like instant wisdom. And this would be good for you. It's encouraging. But the joy that was in his voice, the joy that, that he spoke to me, that only comes from God. And, it, and if you think that, that the next drink, the next party, the next drug, the next uh, sexual escapade is going to bring you joy, the only thing that's going to bring you true joy is Jesus. That Man, that's a great example there. That's a great example. Even in darkness, God can, God can redeem. And this God who redeems us, he does it in such a way that joy is a part of it, that joy follows us. Verse 4, he goes on, he says, Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the streams of the Negev. That's a really big river, if anybody wants to know. Restore our fortunes like that stream. Verse 5, those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. How many of y'all have ever sold something in tears? I think if we're really saved, I think if we really come to Jesus for salvation, we sow in tears. You know, I heard it said this week that, you know, we're not saved by a prayer. Now, we pray prayers, and the Bible teaches us, you know, um, that, you know, if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. You guys know that, right? And we know, we know the thing called the sinner's prayer, and it's used. People pray the sinner's prayer. And, and, you know, people can pray the sinner's prayer and never be saved. I agree. But the thing is, is you know, we're not necessarily called just to repeat words, even though that's part of the process. We are called to repentance. And repentance will bring you deep, deep tears. I agree with that. That when you repent, there's going to be tears. It's going to be a battle. That, that you're turning from the old and, and turning to the new. That God is making you a new creature and there's pain in the process. But through the pain, God is going to do an amazing work. And just like this, you know, that, that through the tears there will be joy. That there will be shouts of, of goodness Shouts of joy. Verse 6, he wraps it up. He says, He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy. Again, we hear this idea of shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. Now, guys, it's interesting. I want you guys to, just for a moment, let's get, let's get a little agricultural this morning, okay? When you guys look at this last verse, he says, He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, all right? So that tells me that, Sowing the gospel sometimes is hard work. That maybe you're gonna sow, you're gonna have some some tears, you're gonna have some things go wrong, right? He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with a shout of joy. Guys, if you're in the ministry right now, you, if you're involved in the church work here, and and, and it's tough sometimes dealing with people, <laughs> it's tough sometimes dealing with ourselves. There's gonna be tears, but guys, the cool thing is, is that there's gonna be shouts of joy because of what you're doing. If you're a giver in this church, you give money. I don't talk a lot about money because I don't really think I have to. I think that when God gets a hold of us, we become givers. That we want to give, that we want to support. But the thing is, is that when we are trusting in God, when we're going out here and we're sowing the gospel, we're going to come home with shouts of joy because people are going to know Jesus. People are going to know Jesus. And then that last part there, he says, you know, that they're going to come home with shouts of joy bringing sheaves with him. Everybody know what a sheave is? Basically, a sheave is like a, what you've gathered up from your crop. It was like a term, and they would, you probably seen like, you know, maybe wheat or something. They'd, they'd gather it up and tie it off. It was a sheave, right? And you and I are bringing home sheaves whenever we go out into the world and preach the gospel. 
What are the sheaves? It's people that hear the gospel. It's people that accept Jesus as their Savior and their Lord. We need to be people who understand that the work of God is tough. There's tears in it. But guys, God is going to give us the joy to get through it. And when we get to the end, there will be great joy. There will be great joy. I want you guys to be involved in ministry. I don't want you just to say you're a Christian. I don't want you just to say that God is, you know, your Lord. I I want you to live it. I don't want you just to say, well, I go to church, but I I want you to say, man, I bring people to church. I don't want you to say, I go to church, but I want you to say, I take the church with me and I go elsewhere. And I preach the gospel wherever I go. There's great joy in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not just for you, but for those that hear it. And guys, again, for God above. It brings Him glory. I don't preach up here this morning for my glory. The worship team doesn't worship for their glory. I mean, you can go up and tell them, hey, good job, and they're probably going to appreciate it, but guys, if you didn't do it, they'd still be worshiping next Sunday morning. As a pastor, I, you know, I, I tell y'all before, I get, I get uncomfortable when people come to me, that's a good sermon, you know. Okay, good, I'm glad you got something out of it, but I'm not doing it for my glory, it's for God's glory, amen? It's, it's for His glory. It's, it's for His glory. That's why we do this. As a believer in Jesus Christ, you ought to live your life in such a way that God is being glorified. Because there's great joy in the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's great joy in advancing the gospel wherever you go. And that's, what, that's who we are. That's what we are. We are people that do this for the glory of God. In closing this morning, I want us to go over the verse that we talked about last week. This, the passage of verses. Luke chapter 2. Flip it over to Luke chapter 2. I love this passage of Scripture. And I I, I want us to go over it again because I think sometimes we need to hear stuff a couple times. I want to go over it again because I think we need to hear stuff a couple of times. That this is something we need to do to help (laughs) go into your mind and and maybe think about it a little deeper than maybe you have in the past. Luke chapter 2. It's a really big chapter, but this little passage of Scripture is so Christmassy, I guess you could put it that way. But more than anything, guys, it gives us hope that we need. Starting with verse 8, Luke 2, chapter, or chapter 2, verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they, will, they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. Guys, when you guys hear that story, when you hear those words, I know it brings like a peace to you. It seems like it, it, it kind of comforts you because maybe, maybe your mind goes back to when you were a child and you were watching the Charlie Brown Christmas and they read scripture, you know. But the thing is, is that when we're talking about the joy of the Lord, guys, it is God that brings the joy. 
the, the story of Christmas is not just, well, a baby was born and it's all sweet and everything. And, and there were angels and there was a shepherd and there was this, that, and the other. The joy in Christmas is that Jesus was born. The joy in Christmas is that, that Jesus came to die for man and that we might have eternal life. Do you know Jesus today? Man, I'd, I'd be remiss to not ask that question. Because maybe there's someone in this audience who is proclaiming the gospel and they brought you to church today and you need to know Jesus. Maybe that's you. The Bible tells us that we're all sinners, that everybody's fallen short of God's glory. But the gift of God is eternal life. Sin kills us, but God gives us brand new life. And not just brand new life, eternal life. And if we believe, if God has spoken to us and worked in our heart and he's called us to repentance, which he has, and you're answering it today, he says he is faithful to forgive you of your sin. Guys, this morning, if you don't know Jesus, don't miss the joy, not just in Christmas, but the joy in your life of knowing Jesus. If you're a believer today, you know Christ? Good. Hey, get, get to where you are so close to Jesus that you're covered in his dust. Get to where you're so close to Jesus that, that people, when they see you, they see Jesus. Guys, the goodness of God, the goodness of Christmas, the goodness of this time of year, the goodness of our lives comes not in the things of this world, but in Jesus Christ himself. And today, we remember that Advent. We remember that Christmas is a time of joy because Jesus came. Amen? Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, you are good. You are so good. And I thank you for this moment that we've had this today to, uh, to, to step back out of our week and just to reflect on Scripture. David was experiencing joy in his life. Mephibosheth, he was, he was experiencing joy in his life because of redemption. And we know that David's redemption, if we want to call it that, wasn't really his redemption. It was, it was the kindness of God that was being shown, as David said last week. David showed the kindness of God, and because of that, the joy followed. And the psalmist was writing that joy comes from God, that he's the redeemer, and because of his redeeming work, there is joy with all the people. God, today we are a joyful people because of what you have done, because of redemption. The Christmas story tells us, Lord, that, that there's joy to all people. Lord, if we're happy today because of what Jesus has done, I'm, I'm glad. But Lord, if we don't share that, if we don't take that joy to those around us, we're missing the point. It is joy to all people. And whenever we proclaim the gospel, Lord, it brings us joy. It brings joy to those who hear. But God, today, we please you and we honor you. So Father, would we be who you're calling us to today? I pray we are. So, Lord, send us forth to bring you honor and glory in this world. Lord, if it's helping someone this year with Christmas and we use that as a, a catalyst to, to spread the gospel, to share the gospel, if it's, a, if it's an awesome opportunity to advance the gospel in their life, then, Lord, lead us that direction. Lord, if you want us just to go and talk with someone or pray with someone or go to a hospital or a nursing home and just encourage people in the gospel of Jesus Christ, Lord, there's great joy in it. Help us not to forget the power that you have you have called us to be a part of. It's not our power, God. It's not Daniel's preaching abilities. It's your gospel. It's not our church's 
abilities. It's not how much money we bring in. It's not how many people we have on staff. It's not how big our buildings are. It's the fact that Jesus is the king and that through him all people can have eternal life. There's great joy in that. Thank you for that, Lord. We ask this in your name.